Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're delighted that you've joined us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your hearts and minds as we enter God's Word. Hey, we're going to be over in Acts chapter 4 and 5 this morning. If you want to go ahead and turn over to that. Uh, anybody remember years ago, 1980, you all remember that, right? 1980, the University of Louisville won their first national championship in basketball. Anybody remember that? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. As a matter of fact, I went to the University of Louisville the year that they won their first national title. And not only that, I'm going to tell you something you didn't know this morning. Not only did I go to school when they won their first basketball title, I played basketball at the University of Louisville the year they won their national title. True. Absolutely true. 100% true. I played basketball at the University of Louisville the first year they won their national championship. I played in the gym. I played outside on some courts there. Uh, I used to play almost every day uh, because that was better than going to class. But I played all the time uh, when I was down there at U of L. And so in a sense, I was playing basketball the year they won the national title, right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, over in Matthew chapter 28, we have something that we call the Great Commission. And sometimes when we read the Great Commission, we take the wrong thing out of it. And we miss the point that it's trying to make. Uh, You know, even though I played basketball, I wasn't on the basketball team. And sometimes we take this simple command of Jesus and we emphasize the wrong part of it. So take out your Bibles for just a second over Matthew 28, and then we're going to move over to Acts 4. And what we see is this, Jesus' great commission is to go and make disciples. Jesus' great commission is to go and make disciples. Look over to Matthew chapter 28 down to verse 19. Jesus says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you even to the very end of the age. Now, Generally, especially as Baptists, when we read verse 19, the word that we pull out of that is go. Go make disciples of all nations. And so Baptists have been real big on going. We go everywhere. We do all kinds of mission trips and mission endeavors. We go around the world and we should. Part of the command is to go. Part of the command is to to take this everywhere that you're a part of. But that's not the main part of the command. That's not the part of the commission that Jesus is trying to teach us that we need to hold on to. Okay, go. All right, great, I'll go. What am I supposed to do when I'm going? That's the main part of the command. And what we're told is go make disciples. Go make disciples. That's the heart of the command. That's the soul of the command. And if we miss that, then we miss the whole point of going in the first place. But a lot of times we so emphasize the going that we totally leave out the making disciples, which is the most important thing at all. And if you miss that, you've missed the whole point of the Great Commission. It's kind of like a guy who came in uh, 30 minutes late for work one day and his boss came out of his office and said, you should have been here at 830 not nine. And the man said, why? What happened at 830? 
you know, and, and that's kind of how we are. You know, we kind of miss the point of what's going on. Right, think about it, people. You know, you know, you, you'll, you'll warm up as we, as we, as we keep going uh, into this. So the Great Commission is to go and make disciples. If that's the case, then the question that we need to have is what is a disciple? If what we're supposed to be doing is making disciples, then what is a disciple? So we're going to take just a little detour here and talk about what a disciple is. A disciple was a lifelong follower of a rabbi. Now, in Jesus' age, people would immediately have known what a disciple was because every great rabbi had a disciple school around him. The word disciple itself simply means a student or a learner. That's what a disciple is, a student or a learner. So you followed a particular rabbi and you learned and were taught by that rabbi. Now, there were certain traits uh, that, that disciples had. And uh, I've got those there in your, in your bulletin. There were five main traits. First, they made a lifelong commitment to the rabbi. It wasn't a thing where you said, hey, I'll sign up for two or three months. When the rabbi took you as one of his personal disciples, you were making a lifelong commitment to follow that rabbi and his teachings. A second thing, uh, trait of a disciple, was that then not only did you make that commitment to follow the rabbi, you studied the rabbi's teachings. So what the rabbi was, he would, he would have times where he would sit together and teach you and, and try to show you the right ways. And so you studied and learned under that particular rabbi uh, that you had committed yourself to. Jesus all the time was teaching his disciples uh, and trying to get them to grow and learn. A third thing a disciple did for a rabbi is that they imitated the rabbi's lifestyle. They imitated the rabbi's haircut and dress. Uh, uh, they, they tried to live like that rabbi was living. So they not only followed his teachings, they tried to imitate his lifestyle. A fourth thing they did is that they served and followed the rabbi. So they, they took care of him. They washed his clothes. They made his meals. They, they made sure anything that he needed that, that they got for him. If he decided he was going to go to Ikea in Cincinnati, they went to Ikea with him. You know, uh, whatever. They, they followed the rabbi and served him wherever he went. And finally, uh, they passed on the rabbi's teachings to others. So when that rabbi passed away, then they were supposed to gain a group of disciples and continue that rabbi's teachings. So those were five traits of a disciple. What Jesus says in his great commission is to go make disciples. I think part of the problem we have in the church today is that we have changed that to go make believers or converts. And there's a big difference between a believer or a convert and a disciple of Jesus. And so we're going to look at uh, two stories from Acts chapter 4 and Acts chapter 5. And we're going to see there's a big difference between believing and being a true disciple of Jesus as we were called to be and called to go out and make. Now, the stories over in Acts chapter 4 and 5 are kind of interesting stories. Uh, let's look down. Uh, we're going to look at the first one in Acts chapter 4, verse 32. Now, all the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed any of his own possessions as his own. They shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Much grace was upon them all. There were no needy persons among them. From time to time, those who owned lands or houses sold them, bought the money from the sale, put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. Now, Joseph was a Levite from Cyprus. The apostles nicknamed him Barnabas, which means the son of encouragement. He sold a very expensive field, brought the money, and laid it at the apostles' feet. 
So the first story has to do with a man by the name of Joseph. We're told he's from Cyprus. He's a Levite. And the church at this particular time was just starting. Uh, it, this is the very first church ever. And the church was practicing communal living. It had gotten started on the day of Pentecost. Uh, there was a huge influx of about a thousand people at one time on the day of Pentecost. And a lot of those people were pilgrims. They didn't have jobs. They didn't have places to live. They'd come from out of town to worship on Pentecost and they'd stayed in Jerusalem and become a part of the church. So the church was practicing this communal lifestyle, trying to take care of everybody. Money was tight, people barely scraping by. And so when Joseph saw the need that was there, he had a very expensive piece of property. He took, he sold it, and he gave it to help the people who were in the church. And because of this, Joseph was praised. Everybody said, man, I can't believe that he would do that because he loved God and loved the church so much. And so they gave Joseph a nickname and his nickname was Barnabas. And Barnabas means the son of encouragement. Now we're going to read a part of the next story and then we're going to start putting them together. Look down chapter five. Now, a man by the name of Ananias, together with his wife, Sapphira, uh, Sapphira, also sold a piece of property and with his wife's full knowledge, kept back part of the money for himself. And he brought the rest and put it at the apostles feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has filled your heart and you've lied to the Holy Spirit and kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't the money belong to you? You could have done anything you wanted with it after it was sold. Uh, but instead you decided to lie to God and to men. And you're not lying just to men, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. Okay, now we're going to look at the offering here for a second and see how many of you are going to be alive at the end of it. Uh, no, just, just kidding, just kidding. So Ananias and his wife Sapphira, what happens with them? They look at Joseph. They see that he's being praised, that everybody, they've given him the nickname, the son of encouragement. They say, man, we'd like to have a nickname too. You know, I, I kind of like to be, uh, uh, you know, uh, the, the son of, of good looks or something like that. You know, they said, it's a, so, you know, what, let us do something like that. So they sell a piece of property. They go to the church and they say, man, we've really sacrificed. We want you to know what we've done for you and everything. And the church is all impressed. But the truth of the matter is they kept the majority of the money. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. That's what Peter told them. You could have done anything you wanted with the money. God, God didn't, wasn't angry with you because you kept some of the money back. It's your money. Do what you want with it. But what he was angry with was you're trying to lie to both the church and to God to make yourself look better. And so now you have these two examples of, of Barnabas and of Ananias and Sapphira. And we're going to go back now and we're going to look at those traits of a disciple. And we're going to talk about the difference between being a disciple and being a believer. Because the church today is often filled with believers, but we have very few disciples. So let's look at Barnabas again. The first thing we see when it comes to being a disciple is that a disciple, when you look at Barnabas, your first care was about God and other people. Why did Barnabas sell this expensive piece of property and give it to the church? He did it because he loved God. He was devoted to God and he saw the church was in need. People were hurting and in need. And so he wanted to do something to help out. And so because of that, his love for God and his love for other people, Barnabas wanted to give that money. So he cared about God and others. That's what a disciple does. That's their primary focus. Now, the difference between a disciple and a believer is that believers, instead of caring first about God or others, most believers care about themselves first. They're in it for themselves. What am I going to get out of this? How is this going to benefit me? Uh, and, and that's the first questions that they ask. 
when I was in Virginia one time, uh, I had a friend who pastored there and said that he had two couples uh, that they saw walking through the church one day in the middle of church and they had a clipboard and they were checking things out and never, you know, checking things off the list. And so one of the ministers on staff walked up and said, can I help you? And they said, well, uh, we've got a checklist of things that we have to have for a church before we go to it. So we don't want to attend your worship. We're just walking around seeing how many things that you have on our checklist. Do you have a gymnasium? And he goes, uh, yes. And he goes, well, is there a racquetball court? And he goes, uh, uh, no. And they go, oh. And they started, and they started serving out there. And so, you know, what am I going to get out of this? Uh, that's the main thing that people ask who are believers and not disciples, because all they've ever done is say, OK, you know what? You've convinced me that there's a God. I'm afraid of going to hell. And so I'm going to make a commitment to God, be baptized. And then shoo, I've got my fire insurance and it's over with. And now I can go back and do whatever I wanted. And so we've got a lot of people who are buying fire insurance because they've been scared straight instead of people who have become disciples of Jesus. And so what happens then is you have a group of people who are more concerned about themselves than they are about other people. I pastored a church one time. There's a guy that hadn't been to church in like two years or so. And uh, he was nominated to be a deacon, which is always good, you know. Uh, you know and, uh, and, and I remember one of the other deacons said to me, well, maybe if he's elected, this will get him involved. And I always said, oh, yeah, that's always a, a good way to try to get people involved. Let's elect them a deacon. And, and then uh, a short time after that, somebody came to the office and said, I just want you to know, I saw them at lunch and was talking to them. And they said, if they're not a deacon elected this year, they're going to quit the church and go somewhere else. And I said, quit the church. I haven't been in two years. What are you talking about? And so it all revolves around them and what's going on with them. So a disciple cares about God. A disciple cares about helping other people because that's what they're doing while they're involved in the first place. A believer just cares about themselves. A second thing we see, though, that happened with Barnabas is that Barnabas got to this point of wanting to help because he studied the apostles' teaching. We're told over in uh, verse 33 of chapter 4 that the apostles very boldly were sharing the word of God with people. So they're teaching the word of God in a strong, positive way. Barnabas is learning from this, growing through it. Not only that, Barnabas could have been a disciple of Jesus when Jesus was alive. There were more than just the 12. You know, we talked about 70 going out last week. He could have heard Jesus preach. He could have heard Jesus' teachings. And so what's going on here is that Barnabas is growing and learning by studying the teachings. And that's what a disciple does. They care about God and others. And they want to study and learn and grow through the teachings. The difference between a disciple and a believer is if all you're doing is caring about yourself, you're probably not real interested in learning more and wanting to grow and mature in your faith. And so a believer more times than not has very little learning. There's very little learning that takes place there. And we see that across the board. 88% of the people in the United States own a Bible. 88%. 56% say they believe it's the word of God. And 40% say, well, I'm just too busy to ever get around to read it. So I believe it's the word of God. I own one, but I'm just too busy to ever read it. Now, does any of that make sense? If you really believe something's the word of God and it's going to help you in your life. But yeah, I just I can't get around to, to, watch, to doing that. But then think about it. You watch your favorite TV show. You won't miss keeping up with the Kardashians. You'll see that whenever it comes on. But you're not going to, to do anything to read the word of God. A recent Lifeway study of Southern Baptists, this is what they found. 19% of Southern Baptists read their Bible on a daily basis. 
19%. So how many people do you think are real disciples wanting to learn and grow in their faith if less than, than, uh, nine, and less than 20% are reading their Bible? Another 18% say they never read their Bible for any reason. 19% read it daily, 18% never read it for any reason. 14% read it once a week, and 22% read it once every six months. Well, now that really helps, doesn't it? Well, let's see. Oh, it's the six-month mark. Let me read something here. Like the cattle, his body was drenched with the dew. Woo! Okay, Lord, that's enough for six months. I'll, I'll go on and do something. I don't even know what that means. That's a little disturbing, isn't it? I, I, I wish I would have known where that was. I need to go back and read, and read that one there or something like that. So 22% every six months, 14% once a week, 18% never. Do you really think the church is filled with disciples who are wanting to study and grow and learn the word of God? Do we have a church of believers or a church of disciples? The third thing that we see that Barnabas was doing is Barnabas was trying to imitate Jesus. He was trying to imitate Jesus. He looked at Jesus. Jesus sacrificed. He was humble. He gave to help other people. And because of the example he saw in Jesus, Barnabas wanted to follow that example. Just as he was sacrificial, just as he humbled himself, just as he helped others, I want to do something to do the same, Barnabas was saying. So I'm going to give of myself and give of what I have because I'm going to imitate Jesus. So Barnabas was imitating Jesus. Ananias and Sapphira, they were imitating the world. And a lot of times today, the church is a whole lot more like the world than it is like Jesus. Uh, I was just reading a story in the newspaper. A church in Atlanta, Georgia, just spent two and a half million dollars to build a bell tower. Now, is that the best possible use of money? Two and a half million dollars to build a bell tower. Now, it better be a good bell tower, you know, or something. But think of everything that could be done to help people who are hurting and in need with the money that was being spent on a bell tower. You probably have seen some of the stuff out there recently with some of the the big name uh, uh, TV pastors out there telling why they need uh, private jets. Uh, you know, there was just that big conclave with Kenneth Copeland, Jesse Duplantis, Creflo Dollar, talking about why they need a $65 million airplane uh, that's out there. And one of the things that was said was, well, when we fly uh, commercial airlines, people might talk to us and it distracts us from, from centering on God. Uh, that's theirs. Okay, well, then I'll pay for your $65 million airplane. That, those are the values that come from the world that aren't coming from the things of God. And so we're becoming more like the world than we are becoming like God. When we say a good church, what's a good church? A good church is a big church with a lot of money and a lot of people. That's a good church. Big church, a lot of money, a lot of people. Nothing I've just told you has anything to do in the eyes of God with being a good church. A good church is a church that's loving and caring and trying to make a difference in the world and trying to help people. Okay, that's a good church. None of that's involved, but the world has adopted the image, uh, the church has adopted the image of the world instead of the image of Jesus. Barnabas imitated Jesus. Number four, Barnabas's main goal was to serve and follow Jesus. Again, it wasn't about him. What can I do to serve God, to serve others? What can I do to make a difference? And because of that, he was willing to sell this piece of property because people in the church were hungry and needed something and he wanted to do something to help. So he's going out of his way to serve and to follow Jesus. 
So that's what a disciple does. Ananias and Sapphira weren't interested in serving or following Jesus. They were more interested in being served. And that's the difference between a disciple and a follower, a a believer. A believer just wants to be served. They want people to do things for them, not you to do things for others. They're not doing something. They're waiting for something to be done for them. I'm impressed that so many people are here today because some of the roads out there were like a sheet of ice. And I was really proud that Odom County and Metro Louisville decided just to set this storm out and not do anything. You know, we're, we're not going to salt the roads. We're not going to plow. You know, this is the first storm of the year. So let's just set it out and see what happens. You know, so, like, you know, so, so their, their reaction to the storm was we're not going to do anything. We're just going to watch it, you know, and, and, and you know, and uh, real, real proud of that. Well, just as Metro Louisville responded to our first storm of the year, that's how a lot of Christians respond to the church. Hey, we're just going to sit back and watch this year. You know, uh, we're going to see what happens, you know, uh, and uh, every once in a while we'll hear good things going on and we'll sit in the pew and think, man, that was, I'm glad our church did that. I would have never known if I hadn't come this morning or, or something like that. And so we become watchers instead of doers. And we miss the whole point of what it means to be a disciple. John F. Kennedy in his inaugural address said, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. That should still be our mantra, even in the church. But too many times it's what's my church going to do for me? Are you providing me everything I want? Are you singing the kind of music that I want? Am I sitting in the kind of chair I want to sit in? Is the carpet the color I want it to be? Do you have enough programs over in your rec center uh, that, that meet the needs of me and my family? And everything becomes about us being served Instead of us serving others. And and a lot of times I know ministers who spend their entire time trying to uh, pat people on the back because they feel like they're not being served enough by the church. When what we were supposed to be doing is saying, hey, I'm here to serve God. I'm here to make a difference in the world. Not, okay, church, I've shown up. Now show me everything you're going to do for me. But guess what? God, I'm here. Here I am. Send me. That's supposed to be our attitude. And then the last thing we see with Barnabas and Ananias and Sapphira is that a disciple then takes the teachings of the rabbi and want to pass it on to others. Barnabas certainly did that. We don't see it in our scripture passage here, but over in Acts 13, Barnabas becomes the very first Christian missionary in the entire world, begins to take the word of God throughout the world. It wasn't just something he wanted around here. He wanted to go and make disciples. That first missionary journey, we always think of Paul's three missionary journeys. The first missionary journey was led by Barnabas, and Paul was just somebody that went along on the journey, okay? Uh, And so uh, over and over again, Barnabas's name is first. Barnabas is called uh, Zeus when, when, when they're talking about. He was the leader of the first missionary journey. He wanted to pass on what had been given to him. So what's the difference between a disciple and a believer? A disciple wants to pass on what they've been taught. Barnabas passed it on. What did Ananias and Sapphira do? They didn't pass it on. They passed on. Oh, come on, come on. Pun intended. Get it? They died. They passed. Okay, okay, okay. Man, y'all are a tough audience today. Throw a little snow out there and, uh, you know, you're, you're hard to liven up a little bit. So they didn't pass it on. They passed on. And oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, mom. I appreciate, I appreciate that. Appreciate that over there. So what we see is that if it's all about you, then it's not going to go very far. 
It's not going to be passed on to anyone else. It's going to be consumed by you. The church today has a whole lot of believers and not enough disciples. And so when the outside world looks at the church, they say things like they're self-righteous, they're judgmental, they're hypocritical. And they say those things because the church is filled with people who are thinking about themselves and are self-centered and they're not making disciples. We need to be a church that go and makes disciples. And there's a big difference between the two. Over in the book of James, chapter 2, 19, James writes this. You believe in God? Well, good for you. Even the demons believe in him. And they tremble when they think of him. You believe in God? Good for you. So do demons. They tremble. You don't even tremble when you think of God. You're not filled with awe or wonder or praise. It's just, it's just something out there. So maybe you believe in God and you're resting on that. Hey, I didn't want to go to hell, so I believe in God. And I'll show up at church every once in a while and get on the rose and get baptized. And that's about the extent of it. I've done my good work for the day. And we never get around to being disciples, lifelong followers of Jesus who want to make a difference in the life of people in this world. And because of that, the church then becomes interfocused. And the church is all about what are we doing for ourselves instead of what are we doing to make a difference to a hurting world out there? Because the purpose of this place here is not to entertain you. It's to encourage you, strengthen you, teach you, give you a family to help you so that you have the resources to live a life that makes a difference out in the world. This is where you come to be recharged and loved and cared for because it's a tough world out there that knocks you down. And this is the place you come to be built up again so that you can face the challenges of going and making disciples of your own out in the world. And when it becomes about us, it just becomes a country club and we compete with the world. Can I give you more things than the YMCA does? That basically becomes what the church is. And so we need to not be believers we need to be disciples of Jesus. In Yukon, Oklahoma. Anybody know where Yukon, Oklahoma is? Yeah, I have no idea either. I thought, you know. But anyway, in Yukon, Oklahoma this week, a single mom came in with her two boys. And uh, when their meal came, she said to the boys, you know, I know this isn't a lot, but we don't have a lot of money. And I, you all need to be thankful for God for anything that you have. And I want to have a prayer. And so they had a prayer there, just it wasn't out, you know, wasn't obnoxious, you know, out there. They just, they had a, a little quiet prayer afterwards. When they got to pay their bill, the waitress handed them their check and something was written on the check by the guy who was sitting behind them. And on the check, it was written, you prayed, I paid, please keep teaching your two sons to be disciples. What a challenge. Please keep teaching your two sons to be disciples. The church isn't called to be believers. The church is called to be disciples of Jesus Christ. And that's what we need to be centering on and doing. And if we're going to impact Louisville, we're not going to impact Louisville by believing a few things about God. We're going to impact Louisville by being disciples that go into the world and make a difference. Let's have a prayer. Father, thank you that you have given us a better way.
So many people have settled for believing a few things about you. And yet, Lord, believing isn't what it's about. It's being a disciple. Help us, Lord, to set aside simple acknowledging of your existence and really, Lord, begin to serve you in our lives in this world. In Jesus' name, amen. So we come to to this time of invitation where you're being invited to what God says to you. The first thing I'd like for you to do is just look at your life. Look at that thing we've talked about in your bulletin. There's an outline there. And, and go through maybe when you get home and kind of circle the things. In my life, am I a disciple or am I a believer? Are more things that have to do with believers me or is it more things that have to do with the disciple? And if not, dedicate yourself, Lord, I'm going to be a disciple today. And just take, take one of those things. A disciple was, was a, a learner of, a, of, of the teacher. I'm going to start reading my Bible, studying the Bible. Uh, a disciple, uh, you know, uh, went, it wasn't about him. It was about God and others. What are you doing this week to make a difference in the life of other people? And so just take one of those things and say, Lord, help me be a disciple in this area and not just a believer. Never. Here's the thing. If all you ever do in your life is believe a few things about God and show up at church every once in a while, you're going to have a miserable life, both as a Christian and in general, because you're never going to find what it's all about. It's about loving and caring and helping other people. That's what it's all about. So make that commitment right now.
enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Keyword, mywrbc. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. We also have Sunday school for all ages during both service times. Thanks again for listening and join us next week for another message from God's Word.